Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode 535. Charlie and Mitch here. We're going to react to Milwaukee Bucks losing back-to-back games to the Indiana Pacers, uh, which just happened, just wrapped up on a Wednesday night. This is going up for Thursday. Uh, We're also going to talk about team chemistry in the Bucks. How much does it matter uh, with the bench players in trade talks, but yet vital parts to the team chemistry of the past. We're also going to talk about deja vu for the Green Bay Packers and when and you're in against a red hot team that's on the rise. We'll we'll get into all that. And then what are we in and out on in 2024? Uh, we're going to go with the uh, Gen Z Gen Z sort of uh, a thing, Mitchie. And I, I, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing because I know your, your night's ruined. You're, you're upset. Um, you're, you're not, this isn't a uh, happy go lucky uh, Mitch. I'm madder than a wet hen. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean, I actually it, just wanted to use that expression. It's a great expression. Um, I never, I never heard, I can't say I've heard that one, um, but I like it. Yeah. Mad as a wet hen. It's apparently chicken hens, they guard their nests or whatever. And then yeah. even after it's empty and then, it, they just get very upset if you try to take them off. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, vibes are bad with the Bucks. I mean, they just are. I, I mean, okay, all right, or weird at the very no, least. No, no. I mean, no, there's just a lot of I'll, shit to fucking to, to, to sort through. I'll uh, I'll I'll let you. Well, so I guess I, look, I I think one of the bigger issues with the Bucks. I'm not saying you do this, but the collective has been after every loss, we treat it like the Packers and they lose. And it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe we lost. I can't believe that we're, you know, that this is, you know, not how we expected. We're supposed to win every game. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of annoying. I would say that I would say that you've lost what, what are you three and three in the last six? Cause you lost, you beat New York on Saturday. That's one. You're one and one against New York. Then you beat Cleveland, so you're two and one, and then you lost the last two, so you're two and you're two and three in your last five. We had the oh, there was a Brooklyn game in there, so three and three. So you're yeah, you're not exactly playing the best, but look, man, like losses are gonna happen. I I don't like the energy and the effort that was shown tonight. Bingo. I'm anno- I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that that seems to keep becoming a thing. And I think earlier on in the year, we were like, all right, they're going to turn it on. They're going to turn it on. Well, they haven't really turned it on. So when is it? Do we have a date? Can the Bucks let us know when sort of that energy and effort comes alive? You know, yeah, the Bucks are, you know, they kind of just look like they're going through the motions during certain points and they can't really keep that energy for the entire, for like three weeks. Right. They had it for a while there. They they looked really good against, you know, uh, the Knicks on that Saturday game and they against the Nets. It wasn't the prettiest, but in the fourth quarter, they buried the Nets and we're like, nope, this game's going to be a blow up. Um, you know, the Pistons, they I know it's the Pistons, but that was a game we all worried about because we all worry about the energy and effort. And now we'll all be on edge. About San Antonio, the Cavs, the Cavs game was the Cavs game was fabulous too. I mean, I, I have right. no no issues about that. Right, I just I, for you to come out and just get 
Well, I mean, they were back and forth with Indiana tonight and for a while and then just got just got destroyed. I mean, that that, that was really the issue with with both games against Indiana was you were playing well for I don't know, at least a half or or not well as a stretch, but you're in the game. I mean, it, you're going, you know, tonight it was back and forth. Then you just got destroyed in the third quarter and on Monday it was in the fourth quarter and late in the third into the fourth quarter, just completely let go of the rope defensively. And I just, I just wanted to see more with um, kind of the emotion that we thought was, was, was budding in this rivalry. And there still is clearly uh, these teams don't really like each other. Um, They've seen each other five times in 30 games. It's pretty, pretty unreal. And that was a comment I was just going to sneak in on you while you were going there was, Yes, we've had a quote unquote easy schedule. It's also been a weird schedule. It's been a lot of like 100%. a lot of back a lot of back to backs with the same teams. Um you got another one coming up with Cleveland. Um I think it's two against Detroit and two against Cleveland in like two yeah, weeks. It's back to back. It's like we're playing baseball now. We're just gonna do yeah. like we're just gonna do series and it just it doesn't work that way. It really it really doesn't. And it's kind of ridiculous, and I I am not going to spend the time to be like, all right, is this common with the rest of the league? I know, you know, the Bulls just played yeah. the Sixers back to back, home and home. So it's like it seems like we're doing all these home and homes now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think that it if the Bucks are having issues with it, then they need to figure out, all right, how do we how do we adjust? How do we how do we do things differently? And that's the part that I I just don't exactly get. Like Griffin I, Griffin adjusted adjusted tonight with he finally went to Giannis at the five, but it was it was pretty much too late. And that's that's probably the answer against Indiana is you're just gonna yeah. have to you're just gonna have to roll with Giannis mostly at the five, you know, probably in the second half or yeah, in key key you know key stretches the last the last quarter quarter and a half and just and just roll with Giannis at the five and because he's big enough to handle that pussy miles turner and right. uh um i'm fine with whatever other whatever quickness you can get against indiana because that's that's basically what it's going to take i mean yeah you know, and no with, i with, I, with halliburton going going crazy um it, it really sucks that i that i have to get to the point where i don't like tyrese halliburton i mean it's it's unfortunate, but that dude is so cocky. I, I don't it I don't even know how to explain it. It's like he's literally he's like a high school kid. I mean, like I don't like he just he's just out there, he's cocky, he's never won anything. It's you know, now that like, John Morant is persona non grata, uh yeah. it's uh it's he's kind of that, yeah. that new that that new he's filled that void right nicely. Right, he's Fox, like, he, he's Fox. You are Valley. a cocky motherfucker, and your team is so cocky, and you haven't done shit, and you might not even make the playoffs. He's Fox Valley Tough Tyrese. I mean, that's the nickname I gave him, and it it's true. He he looks, you know, he looks the part. He you know he was in lived in Oshkosh. Um, you know, no no disrespect to the fine folks of Oshkosh, but he's not necessarily you know he he's kind of not he acts like he's like this like big swinging dick in the cracker factory. And it's like, bro, like you, you've lived in Oshkosh, Ames, Iowa and Indianapolis, Indiana. Like you haven't lived in one big city in your goddamn life. 
you're not doing this in New York. You're not doing this with a premier franchise in the NBA. You're doing it with, I forgot Sacramento too. But again, small city, small city, small city. So he's a big fish in a little pond and he's thriving. But I guarantee you, he will leave the Pacers and he'll go to the Lakers or he'll go to the Knicks and he'll be fucking off and he'll be unhappy. And he can't handle it because he's never been in a big city. And there, there are just guys like that. I don't know if you're familiar, but like I met guys in Eau Claire when I went to school up there where they acted like they were fucking tough. And it's like, you've never been in a big city. You have no idea what this is like. And I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain. If you're not from a big city or lived around a big city, but there just is something different about it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure how to answer all that. It, it's, uh, um, I don't know. I just think he's cocky. That's all I really got. For well, you. That's, I mean, I, but I, you know. that's that I, I mean, I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. I'm just saying like, he's just a small town kid. So the fact that he's from Oshkosh. I mean, I don't know, like whatever. I, I, no, it's, it's more the, it's more just, it's not just Oshkosh. It's just the continued small town nature that I, are we sure like the, he would be this good if he played for the Bulls, if he played for the Knicks, if he played for the Lakers? I don't know. I'm just, and I know that's a little national media Murph of me, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Well, might, I, I mean, if he played for be, the Lakers, he, he wouldn't have the ball in his hands. And uh, it might be a bad take. It might be a bad take. That's fine. Um, I think That's, there was something there, but we need to refine that a little bit. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to IT. We'll we'll put it in the lab, and you know we'll we'll go forward there. Um, but I think you're I, I think you're you're onto something. You're just having a hard time. Uh, I guess just uh, narrowing it down a little. But I yeah, and I I do that. I mean I agree that he's he's just he's very cocky. At some point, he's gonna get put on his ass pretty damn hard, and it's gonna start a fight because Indiana. Just as guys that are looking for brawls, um, that can't, and they can't handle losing in the slightest, and that's where I go back to like, do they have an Indiana problem? I just don't know what this team looks like in the playoffs. You can be like, oh, the in season tournament, the in season tournament, but the playoffs are different. You're playing one team every night. You know their tendencies. You can figure it out. What Indiana is running right now works in the regular season. Their energy that they're bringing and they're just up and down works in the playoffs for maybe a series, maybe two series at best. There's a reason why the seven seconds or less Suns did not get to a finals. Like it, at some point, you need at least a bit of defense and you need a bit of physicality to get you home. They have neither of that. Now, if they trade and make a deal for a big man, yeah, maybe, maybe that, that helps their team, but. Right now, they do not have the size, in my opinion, to be where I'm really worried about them if they face the Bucs in the first round. Yeah, I, well, right, because Miles Turner is a little, you know, he's he's a he's a dance around outside, shoot a three-point. Right, he doesn't want to bang. Uh, he's a pretty good shot blocker, though. Yeah, um, but that's all. But, I mean, but, but Giannis has taken him to the cleaners. You know, that was always why I was never scared of Indiana was because right. – how, how do you feel about the Bucks, big men? Um, not great right now. Um, I, I'll be <laughs> honest. Like, it's – I just think, like, the thing that I don't necessarily – or I would love to be a fly in the wall for um, to transition to that. Like, I 
I have no idea kind of how John Horse put this roster together. It almost makes me wonder, and I like John Horse a lot. I, John Horse, we trust. I, I'm not, you know, wavering off of that train. But I, I really think the more and more I watch these guys, they did not expect to get Dame Lilly. They thought that Joe Cronin would cave to Miami and he would trade him to the Heat where Dame wanted to go. And they they would not have Dame Lilly. Because I have to believe that this roster would look be constructed differently. Bob Portis might have got traded. Brooke Lopez, I don't think, is back on this team. And they and, and it's an entirely different look, different looking Bucks team. But right now they are, you know, they're kind of still stuck in this like Budenholzer, Drew Holiday version of their team. And that's just not what they are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been that's a fair point that it's a huge kind of uprooting of the team a week before training camp and and you just kind of you know throw it out there and see what happens and and you've been relying on on overall talent and and clutch performances and you know there have been obviously good stretches of play and stuff too and you know it's been it's been rough the last couple nights but um yeah no I, I think you're right that they're that it's just I think, and it's no no disrespect to Adrian Griffin. I, I I mostly like him, but I I would love to see what Bud could do with with Dame. I mean, just this with just this roster and basically flipping out Dame for Drew, um, and and whoever at backup point or you know or on the bench or just because it 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 you know there's no question that with Bud you're playing more just solid defense as opposed to constantly blitzing with with Bobby and just being out of position and it's obviously not as bad as it was to start the season, but you know, they've really, I don't know. No, I, I mean, Indiana, I, Indiana, I don't want to say Indiana kind of figured the bucks out, but it's also like, you know, well, we bitch about that. We bitch about defensive schemes and it's like, we got Obi topping out here, raining threes. We got TJ McConnell, just get, just getting into the paint yep. left and right. And, and throwing up whirly gigs that are going in and Matherin. Yeah. You know, throwing shit up, you know, and, and it's, it's just, you know, uh, every fucking quarter, the other team hits a three, you know, off, off their, off their back foot. And it's just like half the shit you can't even, you can't even help, but there's, yeah. but there's times where like Monday when it's the biggest defensive possession of the game and Dame just lets Halliburton go by. I mean, so, I, I, so I, that, I, that, that, that I, was probably okay. the worst defensive effort I've seen since Steven Jackson played oh. for the Bucks in 2011. Okay. That was, but, that was unacceptable. All right. All right. I, I agree. I agree in the moment I felt the same way, but did you see that that happened to Malik Beasley too, at the end of a game in Indiana, the, for the first game? Yeah, I I I wonder if if there's like he does something with his eyes, like what causes these guys to freeze, and then he just drives right by him. Like I don't know. I, I'm not making an excuse. It looks terrible. It looked terrible for Beasley. It looked terrible for Lillard. I'm just wondering out loud. Like, is he doing something where they think he's gonna pass and he doesn't, and all of a sudden he goes right to the lane. Yeah, it's called playing basketball, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just asking a question, Mitch. These guys I'm, have been playing Mitch, basketball for Mitch, 20 I, years. I look, mean. I, Mitch, I understand your anger. I, I, I fucking get it, okay? But what I'm saying is, like, 
I noticed that this happened. Like, you can go find it. Like, be, we we were all clowning Beasley. We're like, what the fuck is that from Beasley? It was the exact it, same yeah. thing. So that's what I'm asking. Like, is he doing something, like, different than other point guards? I don't know. So, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I, I also I, – I hope not. I mean, I mean, yeah. And, like, so, yeah, to your point about bad, you know, bad loss, things like that. Like, let me – let me just point out that, you know, the Kings lost his 15-point favorites to the Charlotte Hornets last night. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves, that everyone has sucked their deck, are getting beat by 20 at home to the Pelicans. The Pelicans a good team, but I don't think you should be getting beat by 20 at home. Um, the And now the Jazz aren't good, but they're losing by two to Detroit at halftime. We'll see what happens. Like, there are... Their bad losses littered through the NBA around this time of year. But the Bucs, I think the frustration is it happened back-to-back against Indiana. It was Indiana and, let's say, Toronto. And it's back-to-back loss against those two teams. Maybe it's a little less frustrating. Do you agree or disagree? I, I mean, uh, if... I think it's more frustrating, yeah, because it's Indiana. You know, again, my point is you should be coming out a little, you know, with energy and effort. Totally, yeah. Indiana right now. I mean, right. it's – Yeah, and – These two games should have been circled, and they oh, were. And I know we all we all forgot about it in the last couple of weeks, but – Right, no, we got, talk, you we kind talk, of got your ass kicked two games in a row against Indiana talk, after, after the game ball stuff and, and all this shit. I mean – I, I think what's maddening about Indiana itself is – there were opportunities in both the first game uh, that they lost when Giannis had 50 and the in the game on what was that Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, again, New Year's Day. So that was Monday, pardon me. Where the Bucks had chances for knockouts and they just couldn't deliver them and their defense wasn't good enough. They couldn't keep up with Indiana. They couldn't keep pace and that goes back to that this is not a deep team and they have some real issues on their bench. And that's something that we, you know, want to talk about. And it's been a really rough year for Pat Connaughton. He, by like all accounts, is one of the worst players in the NBA this season. Um, you have Bobby Portis, who had a good stretch when there was after, you know, the the locker room stuff and everything else. And now he's went back to being pretty terrible. And defense has been lacking, to say the least. Cameron Payne is the disaster that we worried about and not the, oh, it's cute. He's making all these three pointers. He does one dumb fucking thing a game and the young guys yeah. are, are okay, but they're still young guys and I can't really rely on them. Jay Carter has been hurt since forever. So I, I think, you know, this team continues to kind of have a crisis on the bench and you don't need 70 bench points like Indiana got on Monday but you need at least something and they're not getting a damn thing. Yeah. It's the plight of a team that that's very top heavy. You know I mean? When you got right. three guys making a hundred million, um, you know, or more and, and, and you, you've gutted, you know, all, you know, all your depth in the name of trades or, you know, you haven't had many draft picks over the last few years. You kind of got to take, take another team's trash and yeah i mean that that's campaign right like yeah i mean he's had some big games for phoenix 
And, you know, but yeah, he plays 10 minutes a night and does undoubtedly does a stupid thing. Uh Um, you know, whether it's a technical or, um, bad shot or a bad turnover, but he follows Halliburton on the three. Um, when I think the Bucks were down 11 at that point or 12 and still kind of early seemed like momentum was kind of shifting the Bucks in the Bucks favor. And he followed him on the fucking three and Halliburton made it. And then he made his four point play and you're kind of back at zero. I'll see if I can find it. Um, yeah, it's just he does dumb things. And so you you have to ask yourself the question about, like, all right, where do we go from here with the bench? There's obviously a lot to think about. Number one is the team chemistry because Bobby is pretty beloved for teammates and Pat Connaughton is also beloved. But at some point, and this is where I think player empowerment actually helps in the NBA – I think John Horst can, you know, come to practice or locker room with Dame and Giannis and just be like, look, guys, more Giannis than Dame. Maybe it's more Giannis Chris. Like, look, guys, like, I know you guys love Bobby. I know you guys love Pat, but they're just not cutting it. We got to figure out a way to offload him. Now, will someone take that chance? I don't know. Pat's been so bad. I don't know if anyone's going to take back on it. Maybe that they're like, all right, maybe a new system. He'll be fine. But it's, I don't know. You also could be just washed up. Yeah, I mean, probably with with those two guys off the bench specifically, Bobby or Pat. If if you want to trade them, I would probably be more apt to trade Pat Connaughton personally. Just, I mean, you know, I I think he probably the blow would be less. And mm-hmm. but with those, I think with those guys, you would need to probably look at a team that is on the rise or. Um, Right. Looking at taking that, I mean, like an OKC, for example, um, or even well, maybe Minnesota or something. I don't know. But Brooklyn's become a popular team with Dorian Finney-Smith and with Lonnie Walker and Dennis Smith Jr. Even, um, you know, they are they're kind of in the tank at this point. They're really struggling. They've continuing to lose games. They're in their asses kicked again tonight. Uh, by the Houston Rockets. So they're, they've been a team where the name has come up. One of the more, I would say, fan fiction. I don't want to say fan fiction because that's disrespectful. But one of the more kind of pie in the sky, that's a better way to say it, is the the idea of Andrew Wiggins um, with, you know, the pieces that, are, that the Bucks have. Um, I don't know if that really is enough and or if that's what the what the Warriors are looking for, right? Um, that's, I mean, obviously, Wiggins has really struggled, so maybe it's a change of scenery trade, right? And you're changing, you're trading two guys who, or a few guys from the Bucks for Andrew Wiggins that just everybody needs a change of scenery. And, but yeah, at this point, like, you, if you want to improve your bench, you might have to sacrifice one of those young guys, which I fucking hate doing. I really don't want to get rid of Andre Jackson Jr. I would prefer not to get rid of Marjan Bochamp. I know some people have had some frustrations with Bochamp. I still think there is a good player in there, but that might be the price or a second round pick in for the that Portland Trailblazers pick. That's going to be a top 10 pick at, at worst, like which is a valuable second round pick, by the way. Yeah. So it's like, 
that those all are like good assets that you have that suddenly now, because you don't have a fucking bench, probably have to be examined and thought about. I'll ask you this, and I, I know I've been talking too much, so I'll, I'll get this question off. Do you think John Horst is waiting to see this team with Jay Crowder? And if that is the case, or if that is the case, is there a reason to be like, no, 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 we got to pull this trigger sooner rather than later. We can't, we can't wait for Jay Crowder to be healthy. Well, I think I think he he is waiting to see because um, we have what maybe Jay should be back within a month I would think yeah um, he's been out for it's supposed to be what eight weeks right eight weeks yeah that. and he's gotta have been out for six weeks by now mm-hmm. um, so I would think with even if you're cautious within a month but that puts you basically. What is the trade deadline this year? It's it's uh, ahead of the it's it's like early February, isn't it? These days, look. I got it. Keep but talking. I do think that, and I don't have the record in front of me with you know how they were doing with Jay Crowder before he got hurt, but he didn't play more than ten games probably. Right, he was already he was already out, and you know Jay would Jay helps I think with this team. Um, for you know a, a large larger wing defender. I still don't think he's like some elite elite athlete that's gonna solve a lot of issues defensively. I think he helps. I, I think as a as a veteran presence and 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 he's an underrated passer and a and a pretty decent shooter. You know, I think he certainly fills a spot for for what this team needs. And I, and I think that Horse probably is waiting for that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not panic time with with the bench. Uh, I feel like at some point Connaughton's going to start hitting some threes. Um, but he's only shooting like 30% this year. I think that from threes and it's, and it's been, that's pretty much his one job and it, it's not, not been good enough. And, you know, if he's not hitting threes, the bench bench wise, I don't trust campaign. I mean, shit, I, I Javon Carter was probably a better shooter than campaign, probably <laughs> yeah. a better backup point guard. Honestly, I, 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 I just, I probably have to take the L on that one because it really wasn't a huge Javon Carter guy and he got overpaid obviously in Chicago and God bless him. That's where he's from and you know, everybody's happy for him. But, um, you know, I would probably take him over, over campaign, you know, I, again, I, I don't know if it's really panic time with the bench. I'm, I'm still a little patient. There is a, a like a little, a little thing with Griffin where, Certainly with Bochamp and Andre Jackson, it's like it's kind of one or the other plays, it seems like. Right. Which to me, I would I would try to to do both. And yeah. certainly more Andre Jackson Jr. I mean it just Yeah. The guy I, I know I know plus minus doesn't tell the whole story, but if you watch the games and don't just watch highlights on YouTube mm-hmm. and listen to talking heads and talk shit on Twitter, yeah, like most people do, yep. you know that he's out there making an impact. I mean, yep. there's just there's just no question. And um, you know, Marjan was was actually pretty good in Indiana uh on Wednesday, but they also got their ass kicked. Right. So, I mean Right. I, and... I feel like I've I've seen Andre Jackson impact winning more than I have seen Marjan. I would agree with that. That's my two and, cents. No, no, no. I I agree with that. And 
yeah, you had Bochamp play 21 minutes. You had Andre Jackson Jr. play 14 minutes in this game. And I think you're right. I think that you want to talk about, all right, it was a wake-up call after you lost to Indiana in the in-season tournament. It's a wake-up call again. The wake-up call is you got to start rolling with the young guys. And that Bobby Portis campaign uh, or and content, their spots aren't safe right now. They, they shouldn't be safe. They shouldn't be locked in to 15 minutes no. a game. And Portis might have. I think I think when Jay comes back, Pat's minutes probably, probably yeah. Disappear. I mean, Pat had the same amount of minutes as Jackson today, but it's like okay. Um, I, even like AJ Green. Um, I know I I know he doesn't play a lick of defense, but why not AJ Green for a little part of the second quarter to maybe see if you can extend a lead or if you get down early, you know, come back and hit a couple shots, or even in the third quarter when that has somehow become a bugaboo. Like, I I don't hate that idea. I also saw this floating around Bucks Twitter today. Um, Lindell Wigington's holding a roster spot for reasons that are unknown, and we don't really need another Lindell Wigington. Why isn't that a 6'8 guy that, that's using that two-way, in my opinion? Or Ty Ty Washington? Or Ty Ty Washington. Or... Uh, Marquise Bolden, right? Who's another big guy. Like, all right, put some pressure on Bobby. Well, you know? here's the here's the thing with that though. It's like load management is kind of a thing of the past, knock on wood. Oh yeah. Hilarious. Um, so um <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there's there's some time left for, for guys to sneak in some days off. So you're not really getting the looks of the two way guys. I mean the two way guys right. are are constantly inactive. So I guess I don't know. Now, granted, I'm not thinking Ty Ty Washington's going to make a huge difference mm-hmm. uh, on the Bucks roster, especially with Dame playing 38 minutes every game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is which is kind of uncharted territory in the uh, Giannis MVP era, where right. you know we're Bud's playing guy the starters 32 minutes tops in the regular season, and. Um, Yet simultaneously not playing young guys, but so maybe I'm maybe I'm talking in circles. But yeah, no, uh, it's I, look. I I just I think we're all just trying to find ideas right now, right? And we're all trying to understand, like, okay, how do you how do you get yourself better? How do you make yourself a better a better version of what the Bucks are right now? And they have work to do. Now I will say, all right you get three days off before you play Boston, right? Two days, actually, it's two days. You play Utah on Monday night, you get Tuesday and Wednesday off before a Thursday night showdown with the Celtics next week, which might do a pocket there, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if they lose. Like, I this could get real scary. Um, But, like, you get some time to get prepared for that. There is no reason that you shouldn't, and they're coming off a back-to-back with the Timberwolves. Right. Like there's no reason that you don't come out of there and you deliver a punch. And that I think ultimately is the most frustrating thing is the bucks aren't delivering enough punches. They, when they do, they're fucking amazing. They delivered the punch against the, against Detroit. They delivered the punch in that first New York game. They, they've had a couple of moments. They were up 24 to nine against the, against the Pacers on Monday. 
Right. They did deliver that punch. And then, and then, you know, Carlisle being a pretty good coach made some adjustments and they became punchless again. So it's, yeah, I, I just want to see a little bit more out of this Bucks team. And I hope that, I hope that gets there. I hope that they gets home and I hope they don't lose to San Antonio tonight. That would be catastrophic, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I would be shocked, but it'd be fitting to play on TNT and, and have an unthinkable loss. I I mean, I just look at it like those games beyond just like, hey, yeah, there are dumb losses here and there. It's like those are the ones that will come back to bite you when you're trying to decide between being a two seed, being a three seed, being a a four seed, whatever whatever it may be. Like those are the games that are, are going to end up biting you in the ass. And so how do you avoid those at, at all costs? So I, I just want to make sure that happens. And then they'll probably lose at Houston because it's the third game in four nights. And it, Houston's a really good team at home. Right. So, and the Hawks beat the Thunder tonight. So Well, yeah. And that I was going to point that out too. Like <laughs> the Hawks have been terrible. And the Thunder just beat the Celtics at home. Everybody's gassing up the Thunder. Next night, go out, lose the Hawks. You know, I don't know. NBA, NBA can be goofy at times. Uh, you know, the Lakers have probably worse vibes than we do, and they're down twenty to nine to start the game against the Heat. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I think this is the kind of a little bit of a silly season of the NBA because it's one last evaluation before you get to June. Ju- July, January 15th. And then you can kind of say, all right, what does my team look like? And where, where can moves be made as more guys free up to be traded? Hello? Yeah, you're here. Uh, say your dog days line again. I'll go ahead and edit it. Yeah, it is kind of the the dog days of, of the, uh, of the NBA calendar here where you're through Christmas and then the new year and you're into January and just got to kind of figure out a way to, I guess, uh, you know, bounce back from these couple of tough losses and, you know, yeah, and, and roll into the Boston game and better get up for that one. Oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. Anything else Bucks-related uh, before we move on to uh, to the Green Bay Packers? I think we I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking, uh, m- more happy topic. It's kind of ironic, and I know that this pains you as a – big Bucks fan and not as big of a Packers fan that we all thought that this Bucks season was going to be great. And that we'd be the vibe to be so high with Bucks and the Packers, it would be like, all right, just waiting for the season to be over. And it's kind of the opposite. I mean, Bucks, it's just middle of the season and vibes are just kind of uneven, but every, the Packers are back where they were last year at this time, heading into the final game of the season with a chance at the playoffs with a win and playing a team, now the Chicago Bears, not the Detroit Lions, who are on the rise, who look like maybe the next good team in the NFL. I wouldn't say next best, the next good team in the NFL. It's a massive decision to make, arguably one of the harder decisions maybe in recent NFL history, in my opinion. And it's it's all back. And so it's deja vu. And so... You can, I guess, let's start with how is it different this time around besides just the quarterback? That's the obvious. But how is this? Do you think it's different um, than it was last year, or 
is this really, you know, the same type of thing? I mean, the vibes I think are, are a little better. I mean, you're, you're coming off a huge win on the road against a division team that was, that was, was, and still is in the same spot as, as you are kind of mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they had every incentive in the world to, to win that game. And then you pretty much came out and, and shut everybody up. Right. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. it was uh, a resounding dominant performance by the Packers and, I don't know, like like going into that last game last year, I think people were were confident because it it was, well, you know, we win, you know, you've got everything riding on this game and you're facing a Lions at Lambeau. Like, come on, there's there's no way. And then they shit the bet. <laughs> right. So Yeah, Jared uh, Jared Goff in the cold. Um, you know, there were a ton of things that were looked at. We weren't taking the Lions that seriously and Dan Campbell and all this other stuff. And it blew up in our face. And we discredited the Lions and didn't take them seriously. And the difference, I think, with that team is, number one, they are much better coached. Dan Campbell, it, it, miles better of a coach. I still think he's a little bit of a meathead. Still think, like, there are monkeys oh, yeah. playing symbols in his – in his brain when it comes to two point conversions. But at the same time, like he's a much better coach than Matt Eberflus. And and Ben Johnson is hundred times better than Luke Getze. And Eberflus is a good DC. So I'd probably give him the edge there, but also this bears team is eliminated from the playoffs. That lions team did not know they were eliminated to the playoffs until the very like end of this kickoff. Right. And it took like some Mickey Mouse shit to get Seattle in. There was some really bad officiating in that game. (laughs) And so it all like culminates in that. And the Lions are like, well, fuck them. You know, like we're just going to do, we're just going to go out and we're going to ball. And Dan Campbell can get him up. Now, the motivation factor, the Dan Campbell motivator, if you will, is these guys are trying to keep Justin Fields' job. But Justin Fields, as much as, like, I've never seen a situation where a guy gets gassed up as much as Justin Fields does. And I know I'm going to sound like a hater. I know I'm going to sound like, you know, an asshole here. But it's just, it doesn't, the, like, the proof isn't in the pudding. He hasn't really played, you know, when he played the Browns, they needed a defensive touchdown to be in that football game. And... It was not like that. Look at that box score. That box score is not pretty for Justin Fields. And that was the best defense he's played. Now, better defense has not been good. But I, I just am like, and the, it's just the stats don't match like the height. And I, I can you think of anybody that's like Justin Fields? It doesn't have to be football. It could be basketball. It could be baseball. Where it's like, it, it's just not, it doesn't, the eye test doesn't match what you're seeing, you know, on social media people like really want him to be good. I think that's, that's yeah. what it is. I think, I think people stuck their necks out going into the season and then it was, you know, he was hurt and not, you know, it wasn't good the first couple games and the bears looked, looked miserable. And now that there's finally some, you know, he looks like a competent quarterback and, you know, positive things have happened lately. It feels like, you know, people are, 
kind of taking a victory lap or, or whatever, getting it in while they can, basically. Little little Deion Sanders esque, basically. With yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Th there's a media circus that kind of gets in, gets their, uh, you know, and they, it's they, they get not, their pound of flesh to, to make. No. Well, right, yeah, exactly. I... They get their pound of flesh. That they do their, they do their. Uh, now that's an extreme example, the Deion Sanders. No, thing. but I actually it was like it. All time like that, media circus. Yeah, but this, but that's that's kind of what you're right. It's a poor man's version of it. But it, it's very similar in the idea of like they they want to be right about this. There's like this conviction of like I have to be right about this because this is what I said year, months ago, and I have to be proven right. And not and then Fields, you know, steps in it today and says, "Well, all they have to do in Green, all they do in Green Bay is watch football." Like, okay, dude. Give Packer fans more motivation to be just rowdy as shit for this game. I don't think they kind of needed it. You know what I All mean? All they do is what? What does that mean? Like, is that a is that a bad thing? Like, he, I mean, he basically is saying like, there's nothing. He, to do he's saying it's it's it, yeah, it's Cowtown. Yeah, which yeah. he ain't wrong. But um, <laughs> best city to live, according to U.S. News News and World Reports, Mitch. Yeah, not according to me. But uh, <laughs> with the Mitch Pratt U.S. News World Reports, a little different. That's right. That's right. Uh, but like, uh, it's yeah, man. Like, I don't know. It's just, I I think that there's an immense amount of pressure on on Justin Fields, and I, well, I oh god, and I think that you're right. I mean, you you hit on it before. The kind of the main difference between this year and last year is. Is Matt Eberflus the motivator that Dan Campbell was? I don't. I don't think so. No. They they may they may want to play for the players of the Bears, may want to play for Justin Fields and and make that decision harder for for the Bears brass. Um, but I don't. You know, if there's one thing, there's nothing else Dan Campbell is good at. It's it. The players want to run through a brick wall for him. Like right. like you said, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's an X's and O's guy. He's kind of the anti Matt LaFleur. Right. Um, LaFleur is kind of an X's and O's guy. Not the most rah-rah guy. I think he tries to be because he has to, but yeah. um, he's not, it's not his most authentic look, I would say. I agree um, with that. And, and, and that's okay. You know, for the most part, I mean, NFL is kind of weird in that it's, it is a rah-rah sport and it and it's okay to be, you know, a general of sorts as a coach still, where a lot of the other sports, that's that's not the way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, as much as it's kind of swinging in the NFL too, with you know, your LaFleurs and, and McVeigh's and those types of guys. But I think I think McVeigh's a well, but good. then you but then you have Antonio Pierce, right? Who's kind of more that Dan Campbell. Right. And but he's so... never he's never gonna get that job. Just, no, because Mark not. Davis is an idiot. And well, yeah. I I mean, I would I think Antonio Pierce should get an NFL job, honestly. Like I think he has that Dan Campbell in him. And I think that, that it's hard to put a put a price tag on that. And you can judge that kind of coach, but those coaches sometimes work. And it just has to be the right group of guys. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. And it's it'll be interesting. Sorry, I, you were cooking. I I caught in. Um, 
yeah i'm I no, just i i i think that uh oh sorry i i, I cut it i'm done I'm, I'm done go ahead i i just i i yeah the motivation factor is is right there i agree i also maybe i'm willfully optimistic but it does seem like matt lafleur started to work with the defense a little bit with joe barry because that defense looked different on saturday on sunday it didn't necessarily, and I know it's Jaron Hall. I know it's Nick Mullins. I, I get that. Not ignorant to it, but they were really rushing a quarterback. They were using Kay Walker as an athlete. They were, you know, hounding Justin Jefferson and, and Jordan Addison. And we didn't, we just haven't seen that really all the last month. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just Matt sitting with Joe and being like, all right, are you going to listen to me after what happened in Carolina? Like, this is what I was telling you. Go back to what we were doing against Kansas City and Detroit and stick with that and do not stop doing that. And until we need to adjust, we're going to stick with that kind of style that we were running and we do that all fucking until we're done. And when we need to adjust, we'll adjust. Are you concerned about Joe Barry getting too blitz happy then? Like, oh shit, this worked and, you know. Well, what's what's interesting was pointed out by I think it was Bukowski. Fields out, is mobile. Well, I mean, what what Bukowski pointed out was Justin Fields actually really struggles against three man rushes, and I know three man rush is like you know a death. Sentence. He has to it's actually like, throw it then, right? And you basically go three man rush, and then you put a spy out there for Fields. So I Quay Walker's massive in this game. Quay Walker was great in the first game against the Bears, this is a massive play walker because he has the speed, he has the lateral quickness to keep up with Justin Fields. Could Justin Fields still burn him off the edge? Yeah, but he, I think I think any linebacker can get burned by Justin Fields on the wrong angle. Even Fred Warner, who I love, um, can get burned off the edge, you know? Um, so I, I think it's a massive game for Quay Walker. I think you're going to see some real piss and vinegar from Jair Alexander. Um, Jair was very somber yesterday in the, in his press conference saying wants to be here next year said like, I, you know, these are going to be a lot more serious interviews and yeah, I, I, it was a wake up call. It appears. And you could stick that guy in DJ Moore the entire game. That is a perfect kind of guy to use Jair Alexander for and deploy Jair Alexander against. And, and yeah, I think it probably humbled his ass that, Valentine and Valentine shut down two really good wide receivers. I have to believe that, that that was a humbling experience that like, you're, you're not bigger than the team. Like we can replace you pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose for him, you know, that's a rare, a rare somber, you know, attitude, I suppose from him. And that's good to see. I mean, hopefully they got through to him because there's certainly a need for him on this team. Oh yeah. And if, and if, you know, you're right, DJ Moore, as long as it's not a six, four or six, five wide receiver, I'd, I'd feel better about Jair's chances. Right. As a, as a, as a cover corner. It's just, I think he clearly struggles with the larger, you know, the Drake London's who shit on him. Um, And I feel like Jair hasn't hardly played since then. Just, yeah. or, or hasn't hasn't made any impact in the in the games that he that he has played. So you'd like to see him get back on track with, you know, 
again, a, a potentially overrated Bears offense. Uh, DJ Moore has been a beast this year. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's um, been great. I mean, know, yeah. They're, I guess they're... Em- embrace the challenge. Oh, to, yeah. To take, to take a rah-rah uh, cliche quote, you know. Um, I, I will also say, you know, to kind of to add on, I think two things. I think, one, if the Packers get up early, the Bears are going to quit. The Bears are going to say, all right, it's a good season. We'll get a better draft pick. You know, we'll, you know, we won't let this define Justin Fields unless he's absolute ass. And we'll just go into next season. And we have the number one pick and we're happy. We're we're somewhat healthy. And that's it. And if it's 14 nothing or it's 17 three, I don't know. I don't see the Bears mounting a comeback. Maybe that's ignorant of me. And maybe I'll regret saying that, especially because I'll be there. And I, I my my friendship with Bears fan fan might be tested this week weekend like this is this it's a little more intense of a a bears Packers game than him and i are accustomed to let's just put it that way and uh the other thing is if the unthinkable happens and i have to do a podcast either at night headed home from lambo or first thing in the morning and the packers are eliminated not in the playoffs and they've lost to the bears i still think i'm feeling okay I know that sounds crazy. I know I probably won't sound it, but this team, it's the future is so fucking bright, man. And I can't like get, I can't escape that. They are so young right now and they are playing so good. Fo- they're playing really good football besides the defensive lapses. I, I can't help but be like, it's so excited to see what comes next year and the year beyond. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um that they're they're our you know, their best football is ahead of them for sure yeah. with with the youth of the team and I think even without like Christian Watson making much of an impact, uh certainly lately, I know he had a couple good games in the middle of the season. You know, you just you've gotten such a look at at the young receiving core and Tucker Craft has Oh god. Uh, emerged i think he's kind of a george kittle light i feel like i don't know i don't know if i'm if i'm out of pocket with that one no um, but he kind of maybe it's the 85 but it just kind of reminds me he's probably not quite as tall as kittle but um i don't know just he's just sneaky athletic i guess mm-hmm. um if you know what i mean and uh being a white guy from small town, South Dakota, you know, I think they, I think they certainly have something there. And I think he supplanted Luke Musgrave, I think probably until further notice as the number one tight end, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think LaFleur would love to use two tight ends. Oh and, God. I mean, um, I, I, I've, as I've said, it's Gronk and Hernandez without the murders. Like that's the best case scenario for, for it is that those it's that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that is best case scenario. We'll see what what actually what, what becomes of it. But yeah, it's, it's it's certainly optimistic on on uh, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, well, defensively, we'll see yeah, okay. if if Joe Barry is back. I mean, another another great performance on defense, Chuck. What do you think? <laughs> well, could you you'll be talked into it? No, I know you will be. No, 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 no. Look, even if. Joe Barry 
wins this, they win this game, and then they beat Detroit or they beat Dallas in the first round. The, the man still has to go. Like it just can't. We can't continue. We can't keep doing this. Still out on Joe Barry in in twenty twenty four. Yeah, still out. Oh, I, I did want to see that. God damn it, that was a great transition to our next topic. I did want to squeeze in a, two more things about the Packers and them out. Um, it seems like Musgrave, Watson, Wicks are all going to play this week. And also Jordan Love's comment about, like, they asked about motivation, and he goes, I don't think we use that. I think this team is motivated enough. Just in the situation, we have to get into the playoffs, and that's how bad we want that. Look, if they have everybody back, I mean, it could be a scary season. I I just, I don't know. Like, that, I I – just if I can witness that, be a lot of fun. And there, there's something special about getting to start the year in Lambeau and getting to close the year out of there. I, that's kind of unique and uh, and cool, uh, to say the least. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. yes, Looking you mentioned you mentioned outs on Joe Barry. Um, yeah, I want to do this. We have uh, we we're kind of running. Uh, we're we're okay time wise. Ins and outs of the 2024. And you might have seen this on your Instagrams or people posting it, things they're in on, things that they're like, yeah, this is what 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 we're doing this year. And then things that we're not doing this year. And it's like the new trendy way to do New Year's resolutions. I don't know if it's Gen Z created or it's just people don't want to be constrained to saying we're going to be better. So, you know, let's let's pick a couple things that we're in and out on for the the 2024 year. Um and you want me to start? I, I'm more than happy to uh, to kick us off. I have a spicy one ready to go. Go for it. I can't wait to hear it. I have two spicy ones. Uh, we'll start. I think this is more spicy. I, I, I'm not I, – I, I, I'm using out a little liberally, but I'm kind of out on, on Wisconsin Badger content. I just – I don't have the time to do every to do it all. I really don't. Um, I've really grown the Marquette fan base. A lot of the people that listen to me talk about Marquette really don't like Wisconsin. I don't feel the same way. I've talked about that in the past and I just don't get the same bang for your buck. It's also hard to do reviews when you're like, not, you don't care. You know, if they lose to Washington state, it's kind of no skin off my ass and I don't want to be inauthentic. I've talked about this before on other pods, but I mean, I, I think I might as well get it out here with you. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. If they get better and maybe I hop on the bandwagon and start doing more content because that's where my bread is buttered. But, yeah, there's just uh, – at some point, you got to start start shaving things off the uh, the old topic list. Yeah. Well, and I, I know there's been a clear um, reduction in, uh, in Badger stuff over the last couple of years, and that's okay. I mean – can't do everything as much as as much as uh you and I try you know it's it's hard to hard to be everywhere right and I guess sometimes you gotta gotta pick your spots and you're right I mean as a Marquette person or fan um it probably would would get weird and I'm I'm sure it would you know if you had so much badger stuff I mean how much shit would be talked to you Oh yeah, it it already it already does a little bit, and it's just one of those things where I've gotten such great support from the Marquette community 
I don't really want to lose that. I don't want them to unfollow me. I don't want them to stop listening because it's like, oh, he's talking about the Badger again. I want to figure out a way to talk about college football because I love college football. That's the that's the rub, right? I watch college football every Saturday. I want to talk about it. But I also know I'm not a national podcast, and there's a lot of great national podcasts that are already talking about college football. So I got to I gotta figure it out. Um, we'll go back to the uh, – we're gonna go to the drawing board. We're gonna we're gonna figure out where uh, where it all where it all fits in. Um, but that's that's my first out of the uh, of the twenty twenty four year. Uh, do you have an in or an out for twenty twenty four? I'll I'll say an out um, off the top. This one's gonna be pretty spicy, Ooh. but um, I'll still watch the Brewers. But I'm but I'm kind of out on them as as a serious playoff threat in 2024. Okay. I just I'm not really seeing it. Um, just with with everything. I mean, unless some some huge unexpected move comes in the next two months, or obviously I guess less because pitchers and catchers report in what probably five weeks. Yeah, something. something like that. Yeah, um, it's already, it's it's getting late early uh, in the off season, and but they got what what they Brett Hudson or something was the guy's name. Yeah, uh, uh, six eight yeah. six eight lefty with a couple minor league options that has uh, really can oh, throw the very, ball. Very very important in, in oh, yeah. this economy. I understand. You bet. You bet. Uh, um, I don't think that's I don't think that's a a bad one to be out on. I think. I will point out that this is kind of the time where like Yasmani Grandal signing would come from the clouds and the brew like I'd love uh, to see it. Remember, like, was that two years ago? We did like a Sunday pod and I was just I finally like gave in on Stearns and I was like, fuck this, like we're not doing anything. What's this team doing? And then I think the day after we signed Golden Wong. So uh, we're maybe a couple weeks away from that, but I uh, I think that would be great. Uh, I agree. I have an out on the Brewers, that I, and it's kind of Bucks adjacent too. It's like I just I'm not going to be too critical of Pat Murphy. I'm going to try. I really don't like Pat Murphy. I, I'm yeah. not a don't think it it was an inspired choice. But after just seeing the shit that Adrian Griffin got and still gets and will probably continue to get, I'm just like you know, it's a young team. To your point. I, my expectations are kind of like the Packers of this year, maybe a little less, build good habits, beat some teams you're not supposed to, um, and I'll be okay with that season. And, I, yeah, I, I think that I'm just going to try at least till June to be a reserve with Pat Murphy, even if he if he even fucks up a April baseball game. Yeah. I'm glad you went there because – if you didn't, I probably would have, and and it's a good, a good uh, related sort of uh, angle to the Brewers, and just that neither one of us were real excited about Pat Murphy, um, and didn't really think they'd actually hire him, and then they did, and we'll see. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a Dan Campbell type yeah. of a situation where. I got to believe Pat Murphy just feels like more of a rah-rah guy than counsel. Totally. Um, as a, you know, he's, he's kind of a 
kind of seems like more of an intense guy. He was a college coach for a number of years. And, um, you know, that's kind of what the college baseball coaches, I don't know if they're rah, rah, but they're definitely more, more of an asshole. I think Oh yeah, for lack of a better term. Right. He told, and, uh, what did he have that tr- line to trio where he's like, you got to earn your Jersey. Um, yeah. after, you know, and it's like, ah, it was like, Oh, this is great. I'm like, ah. yeah. are we sure? But okay. Yeah. Well, you know, right. But that, that, that's an example of just him being, you know, being Pat Murphy probably. Yeah. So, um, we'll see how, how it translates. Um, but whether you're a rah-rah guy or not, I mean, as long as you pull the right strings in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings, um, you know, you can win some games and, and uh, get me to, to change my tune, I guess, just because, yeah. you know, yeah, not real excited. For I agree. Uh, I also will say from like an in perspective, I know I talked about it, but the Green Bay Packers next year, like all the way in, I'm going to be obnoxious next summer. I will get ahead of that. I will, I will be banging the drum that they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just going to be, I'm, it's not going to be a, you're not going to have fun with it. I was kind of starting to plot out schedule and everything like that. If they finish second, it's like, that's eh, not the easiest schedule on paper. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, uh, I feel like they are, they, they well, yeah, are it'll, on a it'll be insufferable. Show. Oh yeah. And our, our other buddy Murph will also, uh, who everyone heard last week on pod will not, will contribute to that as well. Yeah. Shout out to Murph for, you know, filling in for me admirably, by the yeah. way, we should probably, probably get that in. It, I, I listened. It was a, you know, an informative uh, Packer centric pod <laughs> that, you know, you, you may not get from me, you know, a yeah. much, uh, much greater insight, a much greater passion, if you will. Um, and, it did feel like he he's he's really come around. I think. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, maybe it took him a long time. You know, there there were rumors of of him being, um, all the way out at the beginning yeah. of the season. Oh yeah. No, and I mean, I could. I hate could to find, see that. I could have got the text up about like he's like this is the maddest I've been. This like I'm just so mad at this team. Like I hate everybody. That was kind of where we were in October, and we've just we've come a long way. So it shows you how long the NFL season. Well, you can't, you can't, yeah, right. And I mean, you can't have a season ticket holder being critical no. of the organization. I mean, no, just absolutely not. It's not allowed. Have that. It's not allowed. It's not. It's not allowed. Um, I, I've also, I, I mean, I've been in on Marquette. I'm still in on Marquette. Um, I, I don't. That's just been a thing. I'm in to hopefully not get my heart broken again in March. Um, I, if they don't make it to the Sweet 16, I'm going to be really down bad. And I realize it's crapshoot. I realize it can just be whoever you get in your your second round game. But man, I I like watching them play. I've been I think now I've been to three games already this season, um, and a few more on the docket. And just like, yeah, I they're just awesome to watch. They're a lot of fun. And I've said to many people, you know, if you're not a college basketball fan and you just want to watch a team, college basketball team, I feel like Marquette is, you know, not your prototypical college basketball team. They're not playing games in the 60s typically. Yeah. I mean, they're not without weakness. 
Oh sure, no, but, no, uh, right. No, they, I mean, they get stagnant sometimes. They shoot a little too many threes. They, they are kind of dick. They're like an extreme version of the Mike Boonholzer. Well, they really aren't. They do play a little bit of a butt offense where it's threes and layups and they don't take any mid ranges. They don't really have a Chris Middleton to take a mid range jumper. And I think some of their guys could make mid range jumpers. I just, they just don't take them. And it's a little frustrating, but saw it on Saturday where it was, they were three of 20 from the three point line in the first half. And then the second half, they were six for 11. So it evened out and you won the game because of it. So that, I mean, that, and that's just how it goes with three point variance. Yeah, and the, and to your point about Sweet Sixteen, I mean, there again is the the uh, the shitty nature or the downside of the tournament. As much as we love the one and done system, I mean, or you know, loser go home. Right. Uh, it's yeah, you get the wrong matchup, run into in the second round, and I don't want to you know forecast anything here, but know. you know. You run in the second round. You run into a team that maybe was a, a four seed in their conference tournament and ran the table, and yeah. you know, got in as a as a a ten seed, and Marquette's a two, and you're done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, exactly. I know what happened it, last year. Right, exactly. And I felt like they got the hardest seven seed in Michigan State, and then they were playing in Columbus, Ohio. Like again, I'm not making excuses, and it just happens. It happens yeah, but that's, every. That's not nothing, though. I mean, that's... right? Oh, I know. And I didn't even add the Tyler Cole got a thumb injury again. Like it just. But that's it's a grind. It's a grind of a season. And but I do love the fact that I kind of feel like Marquette kind of got their fuck them of this year. You know, obviously everyone knows the Tyler Cole fuck them story. Everybody is still losing their mind about Shock Smart being on the court playing defense. Matt Norlander, who I really like on CBS, wrote like this long piece and got like opinions anonymously from coaches. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? It was in the first quarter of a game. He shouldn't have been on the court. Fine. But I don't know. All coaches are kind of just somehow find their way on the court a little bit. Like, let's just all just relax. And I, I'm just, I almost started to wonder, I got a little tinfoil hatty. Like, is this being used as a mechanism against Shaka? kind of like get him you know a little bit regulated so we'll see see what happens when uh they go I to mean, see paul you on can't Saturday. do that though that, that yeah, that's I, all i gotta say about it I, I, mean, I, I know you can't do it but i'm saying what like it was it was not in a critical juncture of the game it was in the first quarter first half it wasn't it didn't matter yeah so that's so, that's all i'm pointing out. any other everybody's, other... everybody's got to get their engagement so no, no, it's I uh i you know, well i i i, I Things astonish me on a daily basis. What what we waste our time on? Well, um, Stephen Smith or Steve, Stephen A. Smith saying the Rose Bowl needs to move to SoFi. I mean, I didn't see that, and then I saw it got aggregated. I was like, Jesus! Like, come on, man, you can't do that. Well, did every national sports show need to do an Aaron Rodgers uh, basically uh, a full day on it? Like, no, I get that. There's like a business aspect of it. With with that's the interesting part to me is the fact that it's uh you know ABC and ESPN and Disney and Jimmy oh, yeah. Kimmel and right all that that but it's like it just sucks that Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a fucking snap hardly this year and he's in the news every week and it's yeah. like 
and there's countless examples. I mean, it's just. Right. Yeah, I look. No, I I don't disagree. Stop I, talking about it. I'm I'm out on Aaron Rodgers in 2024. Yeah, about that. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Is there anything you're in on? You have given all outs. You're just gonna have a grumpy I'm, 2024. I'm still in on the box, man. I'm still yeah. in on the box. I'm Hell still yeah. on Dame. Hell yeah. Why Why would I not be? Yeah, I I, agree. I can be I can be angry. I can be uh, surly at at a yeah. couple couple of awful defensive performances two two days in a row, but. Guess what? Dame Lillard and Giannis are too goddamn good for this for this team to uh, flame out. Certainly in the first round, again, yeah. Uh, please. Yeah. And um, they'll figure it out. Yeah. They're, they're the roster will look a little different. Um, look at all the years LeBron has turned over his roster. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like. People want to blame Giannis for everything that this team does all of a sudden. Uh, Adrian Griffin was his hire. Aaron Rodgers syndrome, man. He, he, held the, he held the organization hostage to make them go get Dame Lillard. These are all the national narratives. Oh, yeah. And I don't agree with either of them, but um, maybe I'm naive. Yeah. So, again, I'm still in, and they will, they'll figure it out. There are some positives. Dame's mostly been great, and he's just hit a picked a great time to have a couple shitty games, and they'll be fine. They're saving the pick and roll. They're not spamming in every play. You can't do it. It's not realistic. They're gonna save that and 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 throw it in at the end of games and in the playoffs. And they'll be fine. Yes, absolutely. Uh, great way to end it. Few things just to note as we finally sign off. Um, the Jazz are still losing to the Pistons in the fourth quarter at home, um, so that's something. Also, we could be cheering for UCLA, who has forty-seven points with a less than a minute left, and since starting on a ten-zero run, they shot nine of forty-five from the field. So it always could be worse, man. I assume they lost to Oregon over the weekend. They did. Right. It was I close. watched the was... beginning of that game, but then I had to go. It was close, but yeah, they did. They lost. UCLA is pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. They just they apparently from like Mick Cronin is that they just the like boosters didn't actually want to do the NIL stuff. Which is kind of wild to think about when you're UCLA. Well, I just I saw the clip of him saying after a recent game that his team had a confidence issue, which is like Oh yeah, that's a big red. Say something worse. I'm not sure you can. <laughs> no, oh, you can't. All right. Last last thing. Do you have a prediction for the college football playoff finale on uh, Monday between uh, Michigan and Washington? Give me the give me the dogs. The dogs. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's the dogs are going to be popular, man. I it's hard not to that that receiving group is like. I want one of those. I don't. I mean, Packers don't need any of those wide receivers, but I want one. And I don't want any of them to go to the NFC if that's possible. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you don't think that, like, I mean, Roman Dunze is awesome. Oh, God. And, He's going to be and, top, top 10 pick, probably. Top 10, yeah. probably top. He'd yeah, probably I would, be second, I would think so. second or third receiver gone from the draft. And the other guys are going to draft it in the sec- first or second round. And Penix, I, the Penix thing is fascinating because he's 24 and he's, He's torn his ACL twice, yet he has like one of the 
it's a it's a just this shot put throw that works and it's so good and the deep balls are so pretty it's hard to ignore like the pure passing ability of Penix with all the other shit well again with him it's it would probably be a lot of it'd be Tua-esque with oh yeah that's good I think what would what would what would make him successful where it's just we don't want him to get hit we don't want you know he's got he's a lefty as well yeah and you know he's got a great arm quick release you know why not just you know again it's all a lot of its system you know yeah yeah and i, I mean jesus I, jesus himself could go go could get drafted by the quarter by the bears and probably be shit oh <laughs> uh, we're gonna end it there i was gonna give a comment about jj mccarthy but that's that's too good not to not to end it end it right there so yeah we'll see what happens i i think michigan wins but i think washington covers i think it'll be like a three-point game um yeah i i yeah, we'll see. I hope it's a great game. I think it should be. Uh, can't wait for that. Can't wait for Packers Bears this weekend. We'll have another podcast on Friday. Hopefully, it's not. We're not talking about the Bucks losing to the Spurs, and we're just getting ready for those weekend games and uh, gonna do some more 2024 stuff uh, as we head into uh, head into that. And yeah, so uh, look forward to that. And uh, Mitch, we'll see you next week. Are we gonna do after Bucks Celtics next Thursday? Uh, we'll have to see. I'll, I'll be, I'll be on, uh, I'll have to let you know on that one. Okay. All right. TBD on that. But what, regardless, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.